Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 106. And this is Altai, joined once again by... Omer. Yep, and that and is it. We are ready to rock. We have a great podcast today. A lot of news on uh, Shard of the Avatar, which we plan on covering. But if, as always, we have to start with the weekly raid, which is actually... Uh, That's true. Kind of, yeah, it goes to a big news anyway, so take it away. Yeah, yeah we got some drama later with Shard of the Avatar, but first some uh, rumor milling. Uh, so... This week, we look back again, once again, at Bless. So, the headline I chose for this one is, Is Bless Cursed? And the bad news for Bless just never ends. Uh, so, we got, first of all, the game cost $60 million for NeoWiz. That makes it one of the most expensive MMORPGs of all time. Alright? With that, with all that effort and time and money put into it, the game is down to a single server in Korea. So, it was um, at least three rounds of mergers in, like, the one year it's been out. Uh, after that, the Russian server closed. That was the one we played uh, when we did a Grand Fest for it three times. So it shows you we kind of enjoyed the game. And now, even bigger news. It looks like the rumors are saying uh, that Aria Games and Gaming Go have canceled their publishing agreement for the North American and European versions. Now, this is only a rumor at this point. But more importantly, we have to settle something before we go any further. Is it Aria Games or Area Games? Because you Ar just said Aria, and I say Aria. You say Aria. It, there's got to be a right answer somewhere. I'm sure they've clarified at one point, but I, I don't know what the official answer is. I don't know, honestly. I don't know. I, I know it's like a region in, in California. So. People are saying Aria, Aria. Aria. All right, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure it out one day. But yeah, it's big news because Bless, I think, is actually a really fun game. It's a game that had a lot of potential. And I hate saying the word potential, too, because like when you hear about a Kickstarter game or like a really cool-sounding indie game, it'll, you always say that's potential. But Bless kind of proved you know, it, it, it actually came, it released, it released a really poor state of unoptimized nonsense. But the core game, I think, was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun in the various boss fights. It had a good mix of challenges and you know, you know, mechanics involved in beating the boss fights. And it, it was really fun. It was a wide, persistent open world. But unfortunately, it was unoptimized and it was a disaster. It did really poorly in South Korea. And for over a year, we've been teased about a North American release. And Area Games said they're going to be, uh, they, they pushed the developer NeoWiz to make it more action-oriented. I don't think it had to be action-oriented. But the reason they said they, they, they're going to revamp the game and optimize it for a Western release, and it looks like that dream may be gone forever. Uh, MORPG.com actually are the ones that report on this. And they had a lot of credible sources on this. It wasn't officially announced. But apparently the Area Games people already met with the people in South Korea, NeoWiz, and they pretty much they're done so this is this this is looking like it's actually the game is not going to be published in america by area games that doesn't mean the game is dead for sure there's still hope out there because area can always publish it themselves but i'm curious to see if anyone well, you mean, is ne neowiz like, yeah. can publish it themselves ne my bad yeah neowiz can still publish it themselves publish through steam or something or of course work with another um publisher and it would really be really sad to see the game go they spent over 60 million dollars it is one of the most expensive mrpgs ever developed and i'm curious you know our videos for blessed did really well yeah people were excited about the game you know i'm curious like is anybody in the chat still excited about blessed do you guys care about blessed at all i mean personally i wish it does come out and they fix the optimization issues you fix the optimization i think you have a really solid game i mean yeah i mean we did this one like i said three times for grind fest because you know personally i had a really good time with it it was a good mm -hmm. balance between you know like the, the just boring generic quest that progress you the world was beautiful, the music was beautiful, and then there were enough dungeons scattered around 
for nice, decent group content. So it, it did feel kind of complete in that sense. The problem was the technical side was not complete. Uh, yes. Watching this video, I actually remember at one point when I was kind of messing with the graphic settings, my computer froze and I just had to you know basically pull the plug and restart that way. And then I had to uh, re- uninstall, reinstall the game, and I didn't save my, I didn't keep my install file, so I had to re-download it too while everyone else was, you know, still playing. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, it left me very frustrated at the time. So you, know, you can't yeah, really get away with that with stuff. Monster PCs. My both my brother and I play with GTX 1080s, top end i7s, and we the frames just would not even get close to 60. Like if, you were, if I was at like 40 FPS, I was mega happy. Mm-hmm. And the more you play the game, the more memory leaks happen, the more performance issues happen. You fall below 20 FPS and you have to restart the game. And it's really unfortunate because there's so many little things the game did right. Like, even with the kill quest, right? Like, you didn't have to actually talk to an NPC. And the NPC was like, go kill six dogs and come back to me, right? Like, I guess the designers figured there's no need for quests like that. And they actually had a pretty good innovation. Maybe other MRPs will do this. So when you kill an enemy in Bless for the first time, no matter what enemy it is, you automatically get a quest saying, kill like 10 more of these enemies. And when you kill those 10 enemies, you instantly get a quest complete. So you basically have these, you get the quest automatically for kill quests. You don't have to talk to an NPC in town. You don't have to go back to them and get the rewards that way. It's kind of all done streamlined. And it's done in a way that it, it kind of works. You can save the quests for other stuff and all the basic kill quests are done, you know, automatically. And it's, it's pretty interesting. Like little, it's a small innovation that blessed it. I'd like to see in other games too. Yeah, I did, I did. Also, a lot of people um, don't like the fact that the hot, no, a recent trend in gaming and RPGs is a restricted number of hotbar slots. So mm-hmm. basically what happens is your slots is like a commo- is like a resource and you got to mix and match skills, you know, for, mm-hmm. for optimal build. So people, most people, a lot of people don't like that. But personally, I think it's not bad. If it's done well and there's enough versatility and enough, you know, skill actually involved in picking the right skills that fit you, your playstyle, it can be, you know, very much more streamlined. Like I remember back playing WoW and stuff, right? And before that, um, a variety of games where you would like, you literally needed like, a full one to nine hotkeys, and then F F one to F nine hotkeys, and then you know you got to hold like control and do another line of hotkeys. So you, you know if you wanted to do PvP or raiding, sometimes you needed to use like twenty different hotkeys. Some more than others, obviously. But I mean, I don't think it added anything to the gameplay. It just kind of overwhelmed you. So I don't mm-hmm. mind um, restricted number of skill slots. Uh, the original EverQuest actually had restricted skill slots, and that you know that that worked just fine. Everyone loved that game. So it did, it did a lot right, but unfortunately, I think the technical issues, like the developing coding part, I guess, whatever it is, was just not on not on par. And the, the way you described the skill system is actually pretty good, too, because the utility of like what skills you have equipped actually made a big difference. You could actually save multiple like builds at once, have them equipped, because you had both passives and actives in there, too. It wasn't just activatable skills. Your passives actually took up uh, slots as well within your, you know, within your builds. And actually gave them you know, cool ways to mix and match the skills you like. And I agree with you completely because while a lot of games have a shit ton of skills, so many games have a lot of useless skills. You know, I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV on my Black Mage and like, more, like half my skills I'm never going to use. Maybe not half, but a good portion of my skills you just almost never use. And having all those skills on your screen, just, I, I, it just makes it all cluttered and un- un- unnecessary. So yeah. it, it, it did some things really well. It was unfortunate how bad the engine was. I think we, we shat on the engine quite a bit last week. It was the Unreal Engine. Unreal 3, and yeah. Unreal 3 engine, not even Unreal 4. And this, it's really bad that Area Games is giving up on the game because the version, because actually when, when the Russian version shut down, is when we played on, they shut down saying specifically that the game wasn't dead for good. They said, we're shutting it down until we can revise the game with the developer in Korea and then we're going to relaunch it. So that gave me hope 
that the North American release was going to happen like soon because they said that they're going to, the Russia was going to wait for the the revamped version too. But now, and I'm curious if you know with the area contract potentially canceled, if we'll get that version. I really hope we do. But uh, I, I don't know. This game is cursed. It's been bad news since the game came out. The Korean version has always been merging down to more, you know, less and less servers. The Russian version shut down. It's it's all been downhill, honestly. I think one really of the sad. one of the biggest problems with these publishers of these kind of games is the lack of communication and honesty. Like so many people will say, I'm never playing another you know Aria game again, or or a Nexon game is a two pay to win. I don't care at all about the the cash shop prices or whatever. You know they don't owe you anything. You know it's a, you know it's a free to play game. Play it or don't play it, whatever. But what really is interesting is the total lack of respect they have for for their one customers and community and you know their players. They, they, you know, they continuously told us that they were still working on this. Why couldn't they just tell the truth or just not say that? Uh, and people have said the same thing about um, EverQuest Next. You know, Daybreak and you know Sony Online and Tim before that kept saying everything is fine, it's coming along, it's great. Oh, JK, we changed our mind. And Ari actually did this again with uh, a different game. Or if you want to move on to that, uh, they shut down Dragomon Hunter. Mm-hmm. Dogamon, I don't want to say it, but Dragomon Hunter is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's one of those X Legend uh, MMORPGs. And I actually read the forums. I went back and read the forums when I heard the news. I was interested what the people are saying about it. And there was a long time like GM, right? Like a, a, a volunteer GM. And he's saying, he was posting, oh, I'm so sad to see this news. We, were, we, we had to find out the same way you guys did from the official announcement. So they didn't even tell their people that were volunteering for you know, probably years, helping the community for free. They didn't even tell these people that, hey, look, you know, we, you know, this is gonna, we're going to wind it down. Just get ready. They didn't have enough respect and you know, just common decency to tell them. Like a little bit ahead of time, what's going that on? That is a mega douchebag. Yeah, just a, it's just it's assholes. Really bad that they're doing that. Like, it, they're complete assholes. Like, and the thing is, websites have reached out to Area for comment many times, including us. We reached out to Area asking them, like, are you guys still interested in Bless? Like, is this going to happen, right? Because we haven't heard anything from you guys. We're curious. A Bless source has done it. Two P has done it. All these websites have reached out to Area, and Area always, yeah, yeah, we're still working on it. everything. Is peachy, and now these rumors are coming out that like, no, it's not peachy. It's going to be canceled. Like the trans, like the transparency, the lack of transparency is definitely a big minus, more so than anything else. You know, if they make your favorite game pay to win, like whatever, they don't owe you anything over there. But to be dishonest and just not tell you what's going on, you know, in the back of the scene is awful. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Once again, it should be noticed that this again is just a rumor, is just an unverified source saying this, this, you know agreement is canceled. But everyone, including us, is so ready to believe it because we just have such low expectations of already at this point right mm-hmm. so because of the lack of communication and all that actually the rumors started back in uh december of 2016 and the source that uh, mrpg.com got um they got a lot of information apparently and they seen it's a, pretty, a substantial amount of information that they were given and uh, it's it seems pretty credible and this is apparently be confirmed via internal communication with employees via vice president of product sales sasha zihi so maybe we got a message to Sasha Zihi on LinkedIn or something <laughs> to get some uh, information. I guess, but I yeah. guess there was, they got an internal email probably between Area and GameAgo and NeoWiz. That, that email probably got leaked. And that's why they're saying they, they, they cited a specific internal email. This isn't just, you know, mindless speculation as the previous rumor well, was. I think I think somebody who works for one of these companies just personally emailed MRPG.com with information. Yes. Yeah. And they're tired of the bullshit, too. They don't mm-hmm. want to get the truth out there. And it's better that we know about it. But you know, I don't want to dwell on this too long. It is, it is unfortunate to see a game like this shut down. I, I still can't imagine that Neo is going to give up entirely. They spent sixty million dollars making this game, like that's so much money, <laughs> which is why it's it's mind numbing that they just couldn't optimize it. Like, 
before they even went to Obina Korea, like you play this game and you realize it just doesn't work. You just can't play it. It's worse than like Terra on launch day. It's just unplayable. It's just so dumb. So many dumb mistakes were made with Quest. Yeah. It's it's give me the sixty million dollars. I'll make something better. So the final question we'll leave you with here is what do you guys think? Do you think the game is cursed? Will it ever come out? Does it still is there still some hope? Is this rumor gonna be a false? If even if it's true, will NeoWiz decide to publish it here? through someone else or self-publish it on steam or something what are your thoughts let us know do you still care about bless i care what you I think i still care about bless <laughs> i still care about it bless bless but, the, but i'm becoming less and less optimistic as we progress and with that we should change gears a little bit to i think probably the most interesting uh bit of news for the week and discussion and it's about shroud the avatar we played this game relatively recently too so it's kind of fresh in our minds Yep. And this actually caught me by surprise when I, th when I saw this. I was like, there's no way. There's no way this is happening. And if you guys don't know, what's happening is Shroud the Avatar is actually trying to raise $2 million from investors, and they're aiming for a July 2017 release. So there's two things actually wrong with this right away. Uh, the fact they're raising $2 million sounds pretty innocuous at first, but what's rid ridiculous about it is they're raising $2 million from an equity Kickstarter-like plat plat platform. So basically, Shroud the Avatar has been funded in the past with Kickstarter, and they've actually raised money previously from private investors back in 2012. And now they're reaching out to equity crowdfunding, meaning it's a Kickstarter-like platform, but instead of giving you stuff in the game, they're actually giving you a piece of the company. And this is particularly alarming because the game is backed by a guy named Richard Garriott, the guy that made Ultima Online. He's a pretty you know, big guy in the you know, video game universe. He, made, he basically popularized the MMORPG genre. And this guy spent $30 million of his own money going, going into space. And this guy who makes this game isn't willing to put $2 million of his own money into Shroud the Avatar. And he's asking you, the random player, to fork up $500 at the minimum to invest in the game. And he's promising you a piece of the company. So you will actually own a piece of Portalarium, the company that makes Shroud the Avatar, if you're willing to put up money. And what's even more absurd is just how bad those financials are. Aaron, if you want to go over those, yeah. it's really dire. First, what really surprised me is the fact that Oh, here's the thing, guys. If you want to crowdfund on Kickstarter, you can just bullshit and lie all you want, right? No one cares. Yeah. But when you are selling an investment product, okay, this is not just a Kickstarter for donation charity. You know, this comp this uh the site says, you know, it's an investment site. So basically, like Omar said, you're gonna end up owning a shares in the company. Now, when that's involved, there's a lot of regulation involved. And one of the regulations says this is involved disclosure. Uh the company has to tell you where the financials are, how much money they have, you know, what's going on, uh, as part of their disclosure agreement. So what baffled me was, if your financials are as bad as this company's are, why would you go down this avenue? Like, maybe they were not aware of how bad it looks, in, you know, because they were so used to it. But here are the numbers. So remember, they raised 11 million from crowdfunding so far, and they raised another about 9 million or so uh, private funding. So not, this, this game spent about $20 million already, it's gone. And what they have left in the bank is $500,000. Oh, it's still not bad, right, $500,000? But here's the, here's the catch. Their monthly burn rate, which is how much they spend each month to stay afloat, is $230,000. So they got two months of money in the bank. <laughs> there, it is, Leaky Boat is actually, I would say, an overstatement. Is a, giving them the benefit, too much benefit over there? Understatement. Understatement, rather. If you have five hundred k in the bank and you're burning through $220,000 every single month, you are in an awful position. You know. You, you have two months of leeway to make everything work. They don't own their own building. They pay $5,000 a month of rent. They have no assets beyond the code they have for the game. And it's, it is 
unfortunate. You know, they're they're trying to raise two million dollars, and they gave all this information out there. At this point, you would think like. How can Richard Gary not just fund this himself? $2 million is nothing to a guy who spends $30 million to go on a private shuttle to the International Space Station. Like this guy, he, he there's a video on YouTube like of extravagant like houses. He lives in like a castle, all right? He spends money all the time, right? Like he can't be bothered to put $2 million in his own game and is begging for equity crowdfunding. And it's particularly well, disgusting because they they went to private investors in 2012 and they got $2 million from private investors, you know? People were willing to put private equity, seed investors. They were, they were able to believe in the vision they put money in. And the only reason they're going to equity crowdfunding now and revealing their financials to the public is because they clearly couldn't raise more money from private investors. People that actually know the video game industry were like, no, we're not giving you any more money. Your game is shit. It's not going to happen, right? So they couldn't raise money there, and they're trying to raise money uh, publicly now. And a lot of fans of Shroud the Avatar are actually pretty um, pretty upset over this, too, about the current state of the game. Oh, yeah. And they're, you know... Take a look at this post, for example. One guy was real salty on Reddit. I remember that. Oh, this is yeah, it, I mean, right? Yeah. This is it. This is it. And it's it's pretty ridiculous, too, because first of all, there's a lot going wrong. They're aiming for, they're, they're, they're pitching to their investors. They're aiming for a 20, July 2017 release date. I mean, they're going from pre-alpha to release in two months. Like, how is that possible? Well, how could you even do that? To be fair, uh, this, this did cause a shitstorm. And Richard Garrett himself had to give multiple interviews and kind of, uh, clear the air, or or at least backtrack. You know, I don't know what their actual position is, but they did backtrack that release uh, schedule. They said okay. that um, the July date will be when the story is finished, right? And there will be no more progression wipes. See, what when we played, uh, we played at a, at a time when there would be no more uh, property wipes, like mm-hmm. like progression of like your of your money and property wipe. But there there was another story wipe after we stopped playing. So in July, there'll, there'll be a fresh wipe, and then the story will no longer wipe. But that means exactly, I guess that means the questing, the questing wasn't complete, but it will be now. So he had to walk that back, uh, but I still think it's a little questionable. What's, well, first of all, I do want to clear the air a little bit too, because I, by no means are we asserting that the game isn't legit. We played the game, it's it's playable, they, they have something out there already, which is more than most crowdfunded games. There's actually, you know, there's a lot there, and I, I have friends that do play Shroud the Avatar. And uh, if What's ridiculous, what's funny too, is that they're saying, you know, they'll be working on episode two to five after release, which will be on console and mobile. Like, where's <laughs> that coming from? Yeah. Like, that's just like, that just seems reach of desperation. They're probably thinking, okay, we can't raise any money. Let's just slap the words console and mobile on there because mobile gaming is big. What about Shroud the Avatar up until now has been about mobile? Like, has anyone in the Shroud the Avatar community talked about a, a mobile or console release for this game or some kind of side project? I, I, I don't think so. Uh, a, a couple more funny stories and numbers from the story. So, they always said on their website they had over two hundred thousand players, right? But that number oh, was ridiculous. that was just accounts, like a registered account. So accounts people like you and me who played for free. Mm-hmm. The actual number of people they have that paid money for the game is sixty five thousand. Mm-hmm. And another thing, Richard Garrett had to defend that number of two hundred thirty thousand dollars a month burn rate, saying it's sustainable, because he said we make about that much every month, so we don't keep a lot of money in the bank. Uh, instead, we just hire and fire people as we need to, depending on our projections for our monthly revenue. That would mean those 65,000 people have to spend an average of $35 a month each to play this pretty awful game, which is I not... Don't, I, don't, I don't buy that for a moment that he's really? saying there's uh, that, that, that burn rate sustainable. I mean, maybe going forward, he could say it's sustainable, but you can't lie in the finances. They have something called an accumulated deficit of $18 million in 20, as of 2016. That means... 
18 million dollars is gone that money's yeah, yeah. spent in losses it's already gone like maybe okay. going forward he could argue that well that's what he means was, he yeah, means okay. that every month the, it's it's basically breaking even at this point okay if and, that is if that's true then they're good they, they, they have runway then but, yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we we don't know that and i don't think that none, there was you know the income statement wasn't revealed in the seed invest round well my biggest issue here with this story guys is this and this is kind of this kind of cemented my point here this game for so long uh a lot of western gamers right have basically mm-hmm. shat on uh the asian model the free-to-play model right mm-hmm. they say oh it's, it's all going to be pay to win you know Otherwise, you just sit there and you can't be competitive, yada, 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 pay to win. So there was a flashback, and then we got all these crowdfunded games that were going to be, you know, pure. They weren't going to be, you know, pay to win. Instead, what we got was an even worse model than the Asians gave us. See, at least the Asian games, one, they came out on time. They were, you know, there's a whole bunch they of happened. them. They're they playable. happened, yeah. And, you know, you could, you, could, you could play for free or you could pay. So instead, mm-hmm. now what we have with these, a lot of these Western developers, whether it's Star Citizen... Whether it's show the avatars, we have unfinished products, an alpha status, that cost more than what a free-to-play game that you're actually paying to win in costs. Because remember, in Strider <laughs> the Avatar, you got to spend like a thousand dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars for like the house, the loom, like all these little decorations in your house, and people spend the money. Because unless unless Richard Garrett is lying out of his teeth, these sixty-five thousand players are spending an average of thirty-five dollars a month each. Which I personally, I believe. I believe that's very possible. You know, uh, I don't think that's, you know, there's nothing impossible about that. If, if you look at the mm-hmm. prices on their website, you know, some houses cost lots of money. Let me look that up. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, the $1,000 houses, you got to pay taxes on those. And the player housing, I should mention, in Shroud of the is actually pretty excellent. And I don't mean to shit on this game at all. I think it's, we talked about it after we did our Grindfest video. They did a lot of things correctly. I mean, it was different. You had the ultimate line model of skill progression. You had a great housing system with great interactions. Like they did so many things like really well. And I love the fact that it felt and played different than all the Korean grinders we played. So they did a good job differentiating themselves on that front. It's just that it, the interface was super ugly and it wasn't it wasn't polished or finished just yet. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was interesting. And I really hope. I mean. I think the game is still going to come out one way or another. It's just, you know, the fact that they're going to crowdfunding, like equity crowdfunding is just really upsetting because the guy's got all this money. Like, prove to your, you know, fans who already backed your game that you're willing to put your own money on the line. Like, how can you be worth all this money? Like, I don't know Richard Garriott's personal finances, right? But anyone that can spend $30 million going to space can fork up another $2 million to support your own game. Like, one was like a leisurely trip. At least he's a chance of making money with Shroud the Avatar. And then he wants you to back his game. The, all these people. I want to see him put more money into the game. And that would inspire confidence in me as someone watching. And what's even more insulting, actually, is that people that back the game through um, the SeedVest platform actually get in-game rewards. Like Kickstarter-style rewards for backing the game. Does that mean everyone who... Uh, like I feel like everyone that retroactively backed the game in the past should also get equity investments in the game if they're giving away... Like piece of the company to everyone that funds the game going forward why not give that like you kind of screw over all your early backers because that's a huge free shit. that's a huge yeah. problem that a lot of these companies are going to have as they go to uh these equity sites uh i know crowfall got some shit for that too they were giving better rewards to their later kick later, later crowdfunding you know participants than their original ones you know mm-hmm. 
what, what, what sounds fair to me is the people who got in first, right, who funded it years ago should get the best deal, right? And it should yes. get worse over time. Um, that seems like common sense, but I think it's an act of desperation when you got to offer better and better, you know, st uh, carrots to your, <laughs> some digital carrots, right, to your product that doesn't exist yet. Oh, man. It's, I really hope this game succeeds, though. I, my brother and I are both big fans of Richard Garrett. We actually have a signed picture of Richard Garriott, all right? We're, we're, we're such big fans of this guy. We got, we got his autograph, all right? Our uncle got the autograph. We got it from him. But, like, this is literally our childhood, Ultima Online. We played this game for, like, over six years. And we played 24-7, like, basically t 16 hours a day on the weekends and as much as we could on the week, you know, weekdays. We absolutely loved the Ultima Online. And the foundation of Shroud Avatar is very much Ultima Online-esque. And seeing the housing in the game, walking around, interacting with people, really gave me a lot of hope for this game, too. So I'm really, I think it's still going to release. It's just the, the position they're in right now is weeks of desperation. I, I love like this. Uh, people, you guys are watching, are, a lot of you are surprised because I've been showing the stores and I was talking. And we're seeing, boys, we're seeing $50 cosmetics, $1,000, you know, housing lots, plots. Mm -hmm. And this, this is not the game we played, Omar. Omar and I played Ultima Online, you know, like he said. But back then, you you know you know how you got houses in the game? You you spent you killed monsters, you got gold, and you put the house down. You know, you didn't go to the EA website and and like give them a thousand dollars. You know, these these crowdfunded uh, games are worse than like EA. They're worse than the Asian free to play models. They're they're the biggest. At least those other games are money grabs, but they give you they give you the game, right? This these mm -hmm. things they they want thousands of dollars from you if you're like a hardcore fan. Uh, it's just a bizarro world. <laughs> it, it doesn't virtual, make any sense. Virtual real estate could pay dividends, all right? I'm sure some uh, plots of land in Second Life went for a lot of money, too, if you speculated correctly. Uh, I don't like it. All right, so I'm I'm a little less hopeful than you on this game. Yes, something will launch. Yes, it will be possible to play for free and have fun. But the, 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 the intersection between the real world and the fantasy world, through all this money, like real money pouring in, right? It just really takes a lot away. Uh, mm -hmm. more, even more so than like, you know, those Asian games, like I said. It's just too much for me. Like, I don't, when I see a house in a game, like a, a castle, like when I saw a castle in Ultima Online, my first thought was, wow, this guy is so cool. He must, he must be really good at the game. He must have played a lot. He must be like a powerful guild leader or master or whatever. Or he was somebody in the game. Now in Shrouded Avatar, when I see a castle, right, the first thing I'm going to think is, well, this guy just, you know, whipped out the credit card and he's got no life and he spent a thousand dollars here. So, I, I got no respect for him. So I don't know. That's just me. That's <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I like the fact that you, you earn your house in games yeah. like Ultima. Even if I'm actually 14, you know, I saved up money and I got the, a mansion on Gilgamesh, the server I'm on right now, and it costs like over 300 million a in game. Like stuff like that you get in game. It does kind of, you know, cheapen the experience if you literally just buy it from Square Enix. Like those are only available for cash money. And you're like, oh, the guild that has that house, like in a really nice spot that's worth a billion gil. Oh, he just paid like $10,000, you know? Like, who cares? That's not like earning it. They get no respect for that. But you know, putting in the hours, putting in the grind, it, it feels it feels a little nicer and more legit. Even if they buy the gold from somebody else, whatever you know. When Square Enix, if they sold the house directly, it does kind of diminish it. I think. I've been I've been shitting on Shrouded Avatar too much, guys. And again, my focus should not be Shrouded Avatar. It's this whole Western crowdfunded MMO model that I'm I'm really against right now. So I went on the Crowfall website. And these are some these are some of the crowfall prices, okay, guys. This game, oh look at that, I can pay five hundred dollars, uh, euros. I can pay nineteen hundred euros. Let's see, oh seven thousand euros. Yeah, this is what I want. I want I want a twenty seventeen Imperial Palace, guys. It's only gonna. Or I can buy a car. You know, which one should I do? Should I buy a castle in a video game or should I buy a car, guys? I don't know. 
What, another thing too is like I think what really hurts a lot of these Western games <laughs> is the development cost. And and okay. you guys were like, oh, I don't want to play this game. It's it's pay to win. Like this 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 stuff makes Revelation Online or like those Chinese browser games look like freaking charities. All right. <laughs> the seven thousand dollar Imperial Palace, nice boys. Oh seven thousand dollar Castle hype. Oh man. Also, the development the development cost differential between like Western and Eastern games, like X Legend, the game that shut down Dragon Ball Hunter from area <laughs> games, right? And they make Grand Fantasia, they make Twin Saga, they make all these anime-inspired games, they make Aura Kingdom as well. And look, you can say Aura Kingdom isn't like some revolutionary MMORPG that changes genre. Spoilers, it's not, right? It's it's nothing really that amazing, but it's a fun game. You can sink a lot of time into it. Gorgeous graphics. A game like that costs probably a fraction of even what Shroud the Avatar costs, and they spent over $20 million on it, or about $20 million, and they're, they're basically not even close to being done. And I'm, you know, the company that makes uh, Shroud the Excellent the, the Ore Kingdom, they're worth like $250 million on the Taiwanese stock market. Maybe I'm gonna, I'll do some research on that, because I'm curious how much it costs X-Legend to make a new game. Because Lot Place is another new game that X-Legend is making. So because they're publicly traded, they may actually disclose like, what their budget is per game. If I can find that for you guys, I'll talk about it next week. But the, 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 the differential between Eastern and Western games, like the development cost, is insane. I think that's one of the reasons we don't really see too many Western MRPGs anymore. I think all, the cost has gone through the roof. I mean, <laughs> look at the most expensive games. Like games like Star Wars Old Republic cost over $100 million to make. You know, oh, Bless and Korea cost $60 million. They got nothing yet. So MRPGs cost a lot of money if you don't, if you don't do it right. I'm looking at some Star Citizen ships now. They have so many ships on sale, I can't even find like the nice expensive ones. But they're definitely like $1,000 plus ships in this game too, guys. It's good stuff. Okay, see what's, what's funny is Nature just messages me on, uh, he tells me to check Discord on, on Twitch. And you know what he says? Hmm. It's funny for the stream. He says, Remo, that pistol girl is cute. Hello? Are you getting in on this? I'm like, what? <laughs> that's a first. That's what Natri would tell me on Discord. It's pretty funny. Natri is the boss of this Twitch. I'll tell you guys that much. He's a funny guy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So yeah. I, this whole model, I think, is insane. Uh, it makes EA and stuff look good. You know, let me. People were complaining. I remember when Battlefield um, series they wanted to charge more for uh, a game, like a hundred dollars for like the season pass and all that. Hundred dollars is a bargain, you know, compared to these games. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of Korean and I, I'm gonna leave Chinese out of this. I feel like a lot of Chinese and more just deserve all the pay-to-win accusations. I think a lot of Korean games get too much hate. I mean, looking at Bla Black like Black Desert Online saying, "Oh my God, it's completely pay-to-win." No, it's not. You, you know, you can get the, the four pets. Obviously, that costs forty bucks. Like, if you want to get the full streamlined experience, you can spend like at least hundred bucks, right? But like, it's nowhere near as ridiculous as a lot of like Chinese games. I think Chinese games, it's fair to call them hundred percent pay-to-win nonsense. Where you can scale your strength as much as you spend money on, whether it's a Chinese browser MRPG or client MRPG. I did a, I looked at, I did a first look for Forsaken World Mobile, and like in the store, there's like a VIP tier. You just spend like hundred thousand dollars to get there, like hundred thousand dollars US <laughs> to get the, like the max level tier in uh, in Forsaken World Mobile. And some of the other perfect world games I looked at in China, you just spend like hundred fifty grand to get the max level gear, like the best possible VIP tiers. So no. You can't spend that kind of money in Black Desert Online. And most Korean games, yeah, you could spend money on them, right? But, like, rarely can you ever spend that kind of money. Like, the games aren't built that much to be a money pit the way a lot of Chinese That's a are. great example, Black Desert. I remember when Black Desert launched, you know, there were some people on Reddit posting stuff like, warning, don't play Black Desert. 
you know, it's only $6, but you're going to have to spend like another couple hundred dollars to like be competitive. Well, dude, you got to spend 15,000. You know, if you play Star Citizen, assuming it comes out, you're going to be competing with people who four years ago spent 15 grand on the completionist package. So they got like the best battleships coming at you. It, it's insane. I mean, you look at that page right now in Star Citizen, so I got to mention it. I think uh, there was an event where they, they sold these javelin ships in uh, Star Citizen. I mean, they're normally like $4,000. They went on sale, right? 50 ships went on sale. They were normally 4K. They went on sale for $2,000, right? And apparently, all 50 of those ships at 2K each sold instantly. And there were like countless threads on Reddit saying, oh my god, I missed a sale. What the hell? It went instantly. All the bots bought them. What the hell? I want to buy this $2,000 ship. Man, people spending that kind of money in Star Citizen are complaining about some of the pay-to-win, some of the pay-to-win elements of Black Desert. Get lost, all right? They're not even on the same tier, all right? Yeah, and again, I, I got to say it again because it's so important. The people backing these projects, right, these Western, are the, were the exact same group of people complaining about, the, you know, where the model business model has been going in PC gaming. And it's just so, like, it's like karmic justice that, you know, what they were, you know, insulting just came back at them like 10 times worse. So it's just, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I think Western mobile developers really figured it out, though. I mean, uh, like games like Clash of Clans, Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, those games are really big money pits too, and they're, you know, I think they're made by, I think, what is it, Norway? Makes, Finland, uh, Finland, 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 Finland. There you go. I mix up my Nordics. Nordic countries. Right. I mix, I mix up the Nordics. Oh well, that yeah. was that was an interesting discussion. I really hope Shroud Avatar happens though, and this is. I think they'll get over this hump. And Rich Gary will. I feel like if it comes to it, he'll fund the money to keep the game afloat. I think I think he'll do that. But if he doesn't have to put his own money down, I guess he won't. I got I got a good segue, and you know mm. what? This is actually going to sound. This kind of changed my mind on it. This whole story. Okay. So before the podcast began, Omar and I talked about something I brought up, and I was ready to be mad about this, but I'm actually not that mad anymore. So Final Fantasy XIV is going to start doing a uh, uh, potion. You can buy a potion that makes you get to level 60, right? Or 50. 60. Yep. So a level 60, 60 potion. When in, uh, it's going to be $25, right? Oh. And whatever, you know, $25. But you also need to spend another $25 to buy a quest skip potion. So what this means is to fully get your character ready for the new expansion, it will cost you 50 bucks. If you don't already own the game, it will cost you another... Uh, $60 for the base game plus expansion. Hmm. So $110 to start playing Final Fantasy XIV at the latest you know, point. And I was going to okay. be mad about this. Like I was just like, what? Well, no, you, you should be mad. You should be mad. I, I'm a little mad. Okay, so here, I was really mad, right? But now, after I just did a piece, you know, 10-minute rant about $15,000 spaceships and $8,000 castles, I, I really can't be that mad anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're right. If you look at $15,000 no, virtual castles, it's nothing compared to that. But this actually makes me appreciate what World of Warcraft did, you know, with uh, with their level boosts. If you bought, you know, Legion, you got a free, you know, max level, like level 100 boost automatically, right? That, that came mm -hmm. included with the expansion. Uh, it's not coming included with the Stormblood expansion at all, which is unfortunate because... I mean, you really can't play with your friends unless you buy, if you haven't been playing and you want to get new to the game, you really can't even begin to look at the new, new content until you spend all this time. Like, at least in World of Warcraft, I feel like, I'm not sure how long it takes to get the max level in WoW now, but they've really streamlined the experience that I feel like you can do in, like, probably, like, like 10 hours, 12 hours in game time, because they really sped up the leveling process, right? And you don't have to do any of the quests in World of Warcraft, but in Final Fantasy XIV, if you want to play with your friends that are in Stormblood, the latest expansion, coming out on June 20th, you have to go through all the main story quests. And the main story quests aren't like, oh, you know, just a couple quests here and there, a couple quests change. No. To do the, the Realm Reborn story, it takes 30 hours of, of real time to just do every single quest. And that's assuming you just, you just face roll all of them, right? So it's it's 
there's a there's such a gap. You know, you have to spend all this time to be able to get to the new content. And the fact that they didn't include the if they're going to sell the level level sixty boost, it should have at least included this the quest skip for the people that are going to buy it, right? Yeah. And to make them buy them separately is almost like insulting that they're doing that. Here's the thing. I, I, a lot of people in chat now are saying like, well, you know, you shouldn't do this. You're stupid to do this because the story is important, right? Yes, I get it. The story is important. But I would say anyone who likes the story, likes the game, is already played through it, right? And we're just waiting for the expansion. The point should be to get new people into the game, right? When the expansion launches. And new people are usually going to play for one reason. If, they're, if, they're, if they have friends that are playing, right? And their friends mm-hmm. pull them in. You can't you can't have a group of friends get their one other guy to come in and then say, "Well, we're not going to play with you for like uh, three months because you got to catch up." Yeah, like sixty and, hours of in game. And of course, by the time you catch up, we're going to be done, so it's not going to like matter. Uh, so you, that's the thing, you know. A lot of people who just want to play because they want to play with their friends, you know, you can't tell them, "Well, you know, go play the story for three months." That's not going to, you know, that's not an attractive proposition for those people. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I really wish they bundled it together. And what yeah. makes it even more like a little bit silly is they actually in the in the Polygon article about the pricing, they actually said it's not about the money. <laughs> if it's not about the money, why don't we just bundle them together? That's mm. such an insulting thing to put in there. Of course it's about the money. Otherwise you wouldn't sell them separately. In fact, it's so much about the money, they they, they break it down too. If you want to skip the Realm Reborn story, it's eighteen bucks. If you want to skip both Realm Reborn and Heaven Sword, it's twenty five bucks. So there's different price points yeah. for like how much of the story you want to skip. It's it's clearly about the money, or else they wouldn't yeah. nitpick and make it so like detailed about what they're charging yeah. for. But I, I do want to agree with many of the people in Twitch chat. I do think the story is worth listening to. It's one of the few MMORPGs. I mean, it's Final Fantasy. So you kind of expect a good story, right? And the world building is really good. I think we criticize a lot of Asian MMORPGs, not well, Korean MMORPGs and Chinese like grinders, like very cheapo games that they don't do a lot of world building. They don't make the characters interesting. I think Final Fantasy has a lot of interesting characters, and they do a lot of building the world. You know. You, you want to explore the world to a degree, and the characters, they can be interesting. There are one-dimensional characters, too. Every movie, game, TV show has one-dimensional annoying characters. But it's a really interesting world that they build. And the story is well told. It's one of the few games where I have to like, stop sometimes and look up the words they're saying. Like, they, they actually purposely use a lot of like old language, like old English words that don't get used too often anymore. So like the vocabulary in FF14 is surprisingly excellent, too. You, know, you, want, to, you want to sharpen your vocabulary, play some FF14. You know, read the story. It's quite there you good. go. It's actually it's actually a reading lesson. So think of it like homework. There you go. Just as your SAT prep, just play Final Fantasy fourteen and say you're doing it to study. Seems legit. Um, well, a little more on expansion talk. Apparently, the Elder Scrolls Morrowind officially launched today, right? Mm-hmm. I was under the impression it launched a weeks ago because I was playing. I don't I don't know what that's about. That's early access. Come on, it was a PC early access like a week ago. Oh, so now it's launched on consoles as well. That's that's the that's the yes. thing. Okay. The consoles did not have the PC early access, and actually, I think people only people that bought the game or pre-ordered the game were able to get the early access on PC. What? So when, once early access began, I think if you bought it, you don't get access to early access. You have to wait till the full release. Really? But oh. Now it's officially launched, okay. and anyone can uh, can play it. So it's it's out there now. You you've been playing a bit of that along with Black Desert. Yep. Uh, what are you liking more anyway? You've, I said I, I've been seeing you play both. Well, like I said before, if you want to play an RPG with like the story and dialogue and lore and the world, play Elder Scrolls Morrowind. If you want to mm-hmm. play an MMORPG where the focus is not the content the game wrote for you, but you know what you want to do in the world, like an MMO, actual an actual MMO, then play Black Desert. So that's my take on that. Uh, personally. Of the two, I've been enjoying Black Desert more. 
there I think there's room there's room to definitely play both of these games because they serve mm-hmm. different itches. So there it is. Yeah. We have to mention uh this is like a long time coming. Guys, Battleborn is free to play. It happened I think uh was it today, June 6th actually. Yeah, they they posted on their Steam page that battle uh play the Battleborn free trial. We've been speculating about free to play Battleborn I think for over a year now. Because the game was basically <laughs> dead on uh, on on Steam charts, and what's ridiculous is the the, the guy behind it. They're, they're doing the best they can to word to avoid the word free to play, right? Because I guess Two K Games just doesn't like the word free to play or the term free to play. So instead, they're going with a free trial, but it's an unlimited free trial. So I, I don't know why they're sticking with the word free trial when it's got a very traditional, almost like free you know free to play model. There's no time limits or level caps. There's a weekly rotation of six heroes that the free-to-play users can play, and all your progression is permanent. So it, it is a little bit odd that they're going with that wording, but it, it happened. The game is free-to-play, and it's more popular now than it's been in uh, God knows how many how many you know years now. How's it done? Let me see. Look at Steam charts. I shall. I, I drop you the link. I will find the link on my own. It's more popular now than it was like you know long time. It's this is it's it's I'm huge actually, right now. It's yeah. not huge. I'm seeing uh, 780 people. 800. Yeah, seventy nine. That's look, huge. Look the, no, look at the numbers before. It just launched as this. It was literally Dude. nobody before. No, you know, you, this is not. I'll, it's not look. huge. I find it's not huge. It's giving it hope. I don't know, man. This is not good. I mean, and remember, it's only gonna if if it came out today, it's gonna drop in half or more. To, you know, in like a day or two. I don't think so. We'll see. I, not necessarily. Not necessarily. If you looked at Black, I mean, even Black Desert. After a launch, it's been steadily increasing in player base up until uh, Memorial Day weekend. So it actually increased as it went. And I think um, Battle, Battle Ride as well also increased as it went for like at least a couple of weeks. But we'll see how it does. The problem with um, a MOBA, like this is people, I, I've long been a believer in free to play, and everyone kind of says, you know, I, I think every game will go free to play. But it was so weird that Battleborn, you know, didn't go free to play until now. It's a MOBA competing with games like HOTS, Dota, League of Legends, three huge games, Smite, that are all free to play. But then here comes like a f- contender called Battleborn, you know, without a big name behind it, and they're going to charge you like 50, 60 bucks for, for it. Like, it's insane. Like, wh- why do they think they can get away with being a buy to play game when literally the biggest PC game in the world, the most successful PC game in the world in the same exact genre is, uh, is free to play, as is number two, number three, and number four, all free to play. But I think at least now there's, there's, there's a chance. I, it, may, it still may not succeed, but I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. Okay, look. I think they have to be much stronger out of the gate than than seven hundred. It it's too late, and they and they're gonna have competition in this market. You know, things like yeah. um, what was it, Gigantic, is coming out yep. in full release soon. It's gonna mm-hmm. be free to play, right? Yep. So I mean, it's there's other options in this arena. These kind of faster paced mobile esque games. You know, this uh, with the whole fan, you know, with the whole cartoon graphics. So Battleboard is not alone here, and I don't know if um, even Paladins, you know. They're kind of really well, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just don't think there's room for Battleborn. I, I don't know. I, I, well, I could have told you that before too, but let's say let, you're the head of uh, Battleborn, right? You're the you're the guy in charge. You look at your, your you know, this is a week before you go free to play. I, 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 I jump out the window. All right. You jump out the window, okay? But let's say you don't want to kill yourself and you want to okay. keep working on Battleborn, okay? You get some fat salary for working there, okay? Uh, there's only 100 people on your game on average. Like, what do you do? Like, there's no other option but going free to play, right? Or, or, or shutting the game down, right? Like, they made yeah, the right yeah. choice. Yeah. There, oh. there was no other choice. Yes, but but I, what I would have done is kind of what like Paladins did. I would not have done a free trial. I would have just kind of revamped, pulled back, yeah, spent some time doing a 
Battleborn Reborn. Like, how good is that? It rhymes. That, that Battleborn Reborn. I like that. Okay. I, I like the way that sounds. So I would have done the whole thing. I would have thrown in cosmetic loot boxes. I would have thrown in, like, you know, costumes. I would have thrown in, like, the, the sprays and, like, the voice lines. You know, all that bullshit that people love. So you earn you're right. coins by playing games to unlock the loot box. I would have done all that bullshit. They could have handled the free-to-play version much better. I think they're actually making it so you can't, like, buy heroes, like, just by playing the game, right? They're, they make it a free trial. It's a little bit more restricted than a traditional free-to-play MOBA. So they actually they are avoiding the, the complete free-to-play term. And I think it would behoove them to just relaunch it as, like, Battleborn Reborn. How good is that name, guys? <laughs> Listen, honestly, 2K games should just... Just pause right now and hire Air hire Altai as a like, consultant. All right, yeah. a gaming consultant. You know, re- re- revamp Battleborn Reborn. You got, I'm sure you guys watch Mad Men. That's like the, that's like the best job. You know, like I wish I could be that Mad Men guy. Like I just sit around all day smoking my cigarettes. You know, and I, I work like I work 20 minutes a day. I just come up with like a slogan. That's it. Boom. <laughs> I bang my secretary. All right. There you go. That's, that, that's number one. That's number, before that. That's before you jump out the window. All right, get that get that out of the way, and then you're good to go. But yeah, I think they should have revamped it a bit and at least made some better free-to-play progression stuff to keep those players around if they wanted hope. But we'll see. I, I'm still an optimistic, but I do think it was their their best option to have some kind of free trial. And hopefully they do pretty well. But we'll have to wait and see. We shall see. Maybe we'll give this a try. And their unlimited free trial. Uh, let's <laughs> see how it's changed. <laughs> Let's talk another little, I mean, not really a funny story, but I feel like your comment to this story was more funny than the story itself. It's about the Steam Direct. Oh, Steam Direct. All right, let me find that. I gave it to you. Okay, there it is. So, this is something I was kind of, uh, I think I voiced my opinion on this most loudly, that there's too much garbage on Steam. Too many garbage games. I remember kind of when the indie boom started. Uh, I played Braid, right? So I bought Mm -hmm. Braid on a whim and I, I just played it like like 10 hours straight till I beat it it was so good it was so fun it was so fresh it was interesting smart you know, this 2d platformer and then over the next few years after braid so much garbage came out and I bought a few of the garbage because I thought they were good but they were they were just shitty 2d platformers they weren't interesting so I think there was too much garbage being plowed into steam after a few indie games got successful and uh, then steam made it worse with green light obviously and uh, finally they decided to get rid of green light and do steam direct and they actually posed uh, a range that they wanted some community feedback with they said we want to charge a number for listing our game on steam your your game on steam and we want the number to be between a hundred dollars and five thousand dollars that was their thought process and they kind of just left it out there people talked about it on the internet and i i I voted uh five thousand i thought five thousand the higher the better and of course steam comes back with the lowest possible number one hundred dollars a huge disappointment and this, and a lot of people on the comments, I'll get to that later, are, oh, $100 is still a lot. $100, by the way, is re- recoupable. So you give them $100, you get your game on Steam, and then after you sell a certain number of copies, they give you your $100 back. So this isn't like Steam making money off you. This is just like, is your game shit, or is it a good game that you that you believe in? If you believe in it, you're going to put down a deposit, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to hold the deposit until your game actually sells a few copies, because so it's on a pile of shit, and then you get your money back. So under that model, I don't see what was wrong with five thousand. Like, where do you no, stand on I, that? I, 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 look, I think five thousand might be a bit on the high end, especially for indie developers. I mean, <sighs> I, I get it. Like, they, most people don't have like 
five thousand dollars in the bank. Period. Right? Like, if you're if you're a gainfully employed guy making like fifty grand a year, like that's above national average. Odds are you don't have to put savings in the bank if you're like a younger person. If you're below thirty, you got like nothing in the bank on average, right? So to ask them to have five thousand dollars, I can understand the issue over there. But on the opposite end, hundred dollars is way too low. You have to at least believe in your product to be able to put a bigger deposit than that. Hundred dollars is not going to you know, accomplish the goal of weeding out the shit games on Steam. Plenty of shit games can put the hundred dollar deposit down. I think a better middle ground be like 2K, 2.5K was my number I was thinking. Yeah. And uh, remember, guys, you know, a lot of, someone in comment mentioned too that, well, indie developers don't have a lot of money. But first of all, remember that, first of all, you get it back, obviously. And second of all, you know, you, people have a support network. If you, if you spend years making a video game, right, which costs, it takes years to make a good game, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're working solo especially, you know, you have, you have friends, you have family, you have, the, you have a mortgage, you got credit cards. If you believe in your game... You can don't even five even ten thousand. Don't if you can't come up with ten thousand and you spent three years making a game, let's say, and you can't come up with ten thousand through you know mortgaging this, selling your you know wedding ring, whatever. You, you then you don't believe in your game. That's that's another story. I'm in Turkey now. People here, uh, even in even poorer countries like Syria, people they, in Syria, yeah, they pay people smugglers tens of thousands of dollars. These guys don't know how to read or write. Some of them, and they they somehow find ten thousand dollars. To get to Europe or whatever, whatever they want to do. The point is, if you want something, if you believe in something, you can get a hundred dollars or five thousand dollars. That's not the issue. Like that's, it just means this is going to allow more garbage games to be listed on Steam. That's the only uh, All right, solution. Listen, here. listen, hold on. Here's an avenue for you to make money. If you're uh, if you, if you're an indie developer and you need to come up with, let's say, it was five thousand dollars. Actually, I googled this a while ago, but if you could actually donate your sperm, all right. And unfortunately, there, there are some pretty strict requirements, though, okay? Interestingly enough, you have to be, like, over six feet tall. Nobody wants short sperm, right? If you're, if you're like, say, over six feet tall and you have a, a college degree, you, may, you get a, you get a 1000 bucks a month for donating sperm. I'm over two, boys. <laughs> you're over two. You, you, not, well, so am I, unfortunately. I'm not, I'm not over six feet tall, and I'm, I don't have a college degree, so my, my sperm ain't worth jack, apparently. But, yeah, and you, go, donate, you, donate, donate your plasma if you got it, right? Do what you got to do. I, don't, I agree with you, though, 100%. I don't five like five thousand dollars. You should be able to get if you work literally years on your game, and the hundred dollar number. It's like people are still complaining about hundred dollars being too much. That's when I get upset. Like anyone that tells me that hundred dollars is too much money for any developer to pay the Steam listing fee, get out of here. Get lost. Come on. You can you can literally go beg on the street and make hundred dollars in a couple of days. All right. Less if you're pretty good at it. I mean, here's so a don't comment. Tell me hundred dollars is too much. That reminds me. Okay, so this is the comment I made that I'm apparently liked. So here's a here's a stereotypical guy. Saying, well, hundred dollars is a lot of money. You know, people in the UK are on like, you know, on food support, which is true. You know, some people in the UK need money from the government to buy food. I get it, but remember, we're talking about developers here. You know, game developers. So I said, uh, yeah, and I bet they all know JavaScript. Uh, if only Steam would list their indie masterpieces pro bono, they could get out of the dole. So again, that's important to note because a lot of people who in the West, you know, that don't have a hundred dollars, you know, tend to be low skilled people. You know, God bless, help them out. You know. But if you can make a video game, it means you have a ver- you're a very talented person with a very expensive skill set. You know, it's programming. And if your game doesn't work out, you can go work for IBM. You know, it's not you're not going to go hungry. You have a skill that people need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my only point there. The guy, the guy jumped on you for like uh, for saying that. And he told him like go back in the. If you, I think you said if you don't have a hundred bucks, you know, go back to the nearest refugee camp. <laughs> oh yeah, you like that one too. That, that was a favorite line. I, I, uh, I died laughing at that line for some reason. Oh yeah, so okay, he's this guy says uh, hundred dollars is a lot of money for indie developers. I said hundred dollars is huge to indie developer question mark. In what world? If hundred dollars is huge for someone, they should probably get back to the UN food aid line at the nearest refugee camp. So that was me being a little bit of a troll. 
okay, and I get it. You know, hundred bucks is nothing to laugh at, right? Hundred bucks, hundred bucks. But like, it's a one-time deposit on Steam. I think that's you know more than reasonable. It's almost insulting to say hundred dollars is too much for a game programmer and a game developer to put up on Steam. It's insulting to hear that that's too much money. It's completely not. But yeah, that's uh, Steam Direct. <laughs> Pistol has some good uh, uh, advice for us on where to make some money at the sperm bank. Oh. So you know, we, we, here's what you got to do. We got to get a nice big trench coat. And then one of us have to sit on another one's uh, shoulders, okay? So, there you go. So then this we look we're like Home Alone three. This or whatever, whatever that movie, wherever that was from. So we're actually like eight feet tall, you know. Dude, that sperm must be worth like five k a month at least. All right, we get the good sperm, the the super tall sperm. Actually, what's funny is uh, some of the sperm banks actually say if you're blonde, they'll pay you even more. Yeah. So it's funny how some things add to the value of your sperm. If you're blonde, if you have you know, if, if, the, the taller you are, the more your sperm is worth. The higher your education level, like if you have a high school degree, nobody wants your sperm, all right? Rip. It doesn't matter how, you know, what you got going for you. Nobody wants your dumb sperm, all right? <laughs> Apparently my <laughs> sperm is dumb too, so rest in pepperoni me. Uh, I, I don't think they, they, different, they discriminate on blood though, or plasma. You can you can sell your plasma and you'll be okay. But I feel like if you sell like too much plasma, you'll be like tired and sleepy all day, all day, so. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> not good. I like your idea though. We gotta go with the trench coat and the standing on each other, sitting on each other's shoulders. Great plan. Great plan. Nothing, nothing can go wrong. <laughs> All right. Okay. One last thing. Oh, can you find that VPN article we have? The yeah. So, with the with the release of Black Desert, I have gotten a renewed number of comments. I've seen a n renewed number of comments saying I can't play Black Desert uh, in my region. Right. Mm -hmm. So this seems to be a pretty common issue, and I really think, guys, if you if anybody out there does not have a VPN service yet. It's really at this point an essential part of like your internet toolbox. You know, like here's what you need: you need Amazon Prime, you need Netflix. You need that, all right? Okay. Well, you, well hold on. Amazon Prime is seven, is, is hundred dollars a year. Much money? We can't do it. We, we oh yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, you're right. We, we got to sell our sperm. <laughs> we got to go to the food bank. You can't afford hundred bucks a year. It's too much money. Remember? All right. So after you sell your sperm and your plasma, okay? So right. these are the things you got to do with that money, okay? You got to donate yeah. your hair, obviously. All that's too. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm growing it out. So. A VPN, I think, is a key part of that internet toolbox because it will allow you to play Black Desert no matter where you are. I mean, fun fact, guys, I actually can't play Black Desert in Turkey, but I can actually play it because of a VPN. So if you don't have one yet, we got a lovely page on the website here where there are multiple choices, options, including a free one, I believe. VPN gate is free, and I recommend it for any game that only does a VPN check on login. Uh, for the longest time, you were able to play Bless, for example. They only do a VPN check when you launch the game. So after you launch the game, you can just turn the VPN off and go back to your regular internet. And VPN Gate is excellent for that. But if you're willing to pay, I think the best one is Viper, from my experience. And yep. I've been using it for over a year now. And again, so this will not only help you with gaming, but it will prevent you when you're downloading things perhaps you shouldn't be downloading. Uh, this will be a shield for you. Um, there's also, you can access certain services, like whether it's like, I think, like, if you watch uh, streaming services like I think BBC or Al Jazeera that are free mm -hmm. in some countries but they cost money in others, uh, most VPNs give you an option to connect to different countries and you can choose each time. Uh, so there's a day you will get your money's worth. I believe if you spend time on the computer a lot like we do, which I'm assuming you guys do too if you're gamers, you will get your money's worth uh, even with the premium ones. So uh, yeah, please, please look at that. Tell your friends about it. Especially if you want to play like a game specifically, like don't let the like if the if it says game is not available in your region, don't make don't let that stop you. I know a lot of people are asking about playing BDO, but they can't because of my people locks. There's a very easy solution to that, you know. Just use a VPN. Yeah. Problem solved. You know, I I, I use to play Korean games. I use to play Chinese games. 
that you normally couldn't play, and it just it works really well. Yes. Friends don't let friends actually, go you without hide your, uh, you know, If you're watching that, you know, that lolly hente on the internet, you don't want to get caught or in trouble or be embarrassed, turn on the VPN. It's got the double uh, double whammy over there. Yes. A lot of, a lot of uses there. You know, all right. These, the, these things come in use all the time, you know? All the time. Every night they come in use, you know? Every night firmware. All right. <laughs> okay. We can move on. Uh, again, like I said, guys, I, every time I do a BDO video, we do one, We I see the comments. So I, I just got to... Yeah. I got triggered. I wish we should talk a little bit about uh, this game shutting down. It's unfortunate. It's um, Lattail is uh, shutting down through OG Planet. And it's actually, the, the story's a bit more interesting than just Lattail. Uh, first of all, uh, they've been running Lattail for, I think, a year, like over four or five years now. It's been around for a long time. But Lattail is like the Maple Story clone. It's a, one of the only other side scrolling MMORPGs. And they'll be shutting down, it uh, looks like, for good on June 28th. And they'll be transferring service over to a company called Papaya Play, which is it sounds fun, you know. Let's go. Let, let's go play on Papaya Play. It just rolls out the tongue, and I really like the name Papaya Play. <laughs> I don't like it. It's too long. It's beyond that, though. It, unfortunately, you can't transfer your characters, which is really unfortunate because, I mean, it was a very grindy game. Getting to max level that took forever, and all character data will be lost. Like, I don't. I don't understand why that happens because the game is getting transferred, the license is renewed by another company, but either OG Planet or Papaya Play, like fuck you, we're not letting you transfer your characters. One of the companies just said, no, we're not going to let you transfer characters. I'm kind of curious, like, who is it? Uh, well, actually, I think there was a, a new announcement that you can. Oh, no, 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 just kidding. It will be lost. Yeah, yeah. The, the, what tripped you up probably is that they have a, a transfer service. And what that does yes. is it lets you verify that you are a veteran and you played on the old version. But you get rewards based on how long you played. But your character data is still deleted. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, people say you can transfer. Look, uh, specifically, if you look at the the, the, sh the landing page for the shutdown, maybe we can show this. Let me find it. Wait, they actually, it's subject to Xsoft, the developer, but it looks like, I'm going to find the page on Papaya Play. But they specifically said that character data will be deleted, or they won't have it. I want to make sure because people are saying uh, you can transfer. But I'm pretty sure the only thing you can transfer is the fact that you played and that you're a veteran. Yeah, I mean, if you go on their website, this is what they say. It says, unfortunately, your game data will be yes. not be moved as part of the transfer service. The transfer service will be designated. Your account is a legacy Latale account, which will ent entitle you to special perks and rewards. So you will yes. get some kind of reward. or I bet you'll get like a like a former avatar or something useless. But, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it's fresh start for people. If you want to play on Papaya Play. But more importantly, this is interesting, I think, because OG Planet was really one of the pioneers of free-to-play in the West. I mean, you had Area Games, OG Planet, and, like, G-Potato. These are, like, the three OG, uh, you know, free-to-play companies. And OG Planet published a lot of games over the years. Like, a lot of games. I mean, we have a published profile for them. I'm kind of curious what they had. But now they have literally one game. After, after Lottail shuts down, the only game they have in service will be Uncharted Waters Online. And that's it. And just for some, some uh, like, they had all these games in the past. Just take a look. They had Law Saga, Redstone, BB Tank, Pongya, uh, Zone 4, which is actually still around, Hockey <laughs> Dash, Albatross 18, Realms of Pongya, SD Gundam Capsule Fighter, Heroes of the Realm, Hiva Colonia Online, which I'm sure nobody remembers, but it was like an anime-inspired game. They had a ton of games, and they're all gone. OG Planet has one game now. And it's got it's just Uncharted Waters Online. That's an old game too, and this one this one's bounced around between publishers yeah. for a while as well. 
I think rest in pepperoni OG plan. I, I think the way they're going is they're they're liquidating or something. I mean, no, no, no they still got they got the browser game Legend of Honor. Oh, it's a pay to win. Did you forget problem. about this? I got to run Flash. I don't want to do this. Yeah, I forgot about it. I, I don't really count a lot of those browser games as real games because very often, like, area games publishes like a dozen of those browser games too. But like, they just kind of like embed the code and they just, you know, like, it's not like just their server. It's like a revenue share deal. So, like, the same browser game is running like 10 different companies at once. Mm -hmm. But it's not always their game specifically. But yeah, area game. I mean, OG Planet is uh, on the way out, as was. Games Campus, both those companies only have like one game now. I think Games Campus has two golfing games and that's it. OG Planet's got one game. But it is, I mean, the good thing is for Lotteal players, the game is not dead. You know, Papaya Play is picking up the servers and they're actually launching an expansion pack, or, or not expansion, but a big update for the game uh, soon after it relaunches. It adds over 100 new quests, new legend skills, and other goodies. So, I mean, honestly, what I liked about Lotteal is it's it's the only other, you know, side scrolling um, MORPG that's, I think, still around. You had you had Wonder King Online and you had Wind Slayer, and there's also Ghost Online now, I believe. Like, I think Ghost is still alive, like in Thailand or yes. something. Yes, it, it it relaunched on Steam through the Thai version, or it's in English now on Steam. But beyond Lotel and Ghost Online, like, Ghost Online kind of sucks, honestly. Lotel was a fun game because I loved MapleStory and I still play Maple. I was on MapleStory just the other day, all right. Like yesterday, I was on MapleStory, so I keep coming back to MapleStory because I think core gameplay is a lot of fun, and Lotel kind of gave you that you know similar experience but different. And if you play a lot of MapleStory, it feels nice to play something that's like it, but different. So Lotteal was a, was a good one. And it's good that it's still alive. Indeed. Elsword too, but Elsword's a little bit different. I, I would compare maybe Elsword a little bit more to Dragon Nest or something. And I agree, Lotteal was definitely a little clunkier. And the art style, I think, was a little bit worse. I enjoyed the art style in uh, MapleStory a bit more myself. Did, uh... Do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, League of Legends news? I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, this is a big one. I should mention yeah. this for sure. League of Legends is actually completely revamping uh, their esports scene in 2018. I mean, I, I don't play too much League of Legends myself, you know, lately. I got I played a little bit at the beginning of last season. I climbed to Diamond 2, just in like, like 20 games, like barely any games I got Diamond 2. And then I just stopped playing and I, I, I felt like I decayed down to gold, the lowest you could possibly decay. So it's the first season in League of Legends I didn't and diamond because I, I didn't play the first time since season one basically but um with the news in league of legends they're actually revamping their esports scene and they're moving to a franchise model kind of similar to what overwatch is doing and similar to how real sports like the nba nfl and all the real sports handle it so basically there's, there's a league now the lcs league and instead of qualifying for the lcs the way they've been doing it for a long time teams can actually buy into it so a team puts up 10 million dollars is the is, is the price for it if you pay that 10 million dollars you have a team you have a qualified team you can be you're in the LCS permanently. You you got a guaranteed spot every every single season, and it's a lot of money, right? But that money gets used on a, a bunch of things. They actually it'll help the they're gonna be setting up a player association to help you know pro players you know be represented better. But they're moving from you have to qualify to play to a permanent membership, and this is something Overwatch has been trying to push as well. They've been trying to sell like the LAC for thirty million dollars for that franchise, and this is why, how the NBA works as well. You know the teams in the NBA are in there permanently, and you stay in there. And the rationale behind it is a lot of the teams basically said, we don't know if we're going to qualify next year for the LCS, right? So we don't want to have the gamer house. We don't want to invest in the team. We don't want to invest in our brand because we don't know if we're going to qualify next year. So this actually eliminates the uncertainty for the teams. Yeah. It's a big benefit for the teams. I mean, I, I think it's it's actually a big you know, giveaway to the teams almost 
but they're actually sharing money with Riot Games as well too, so it aligns incentives a bit. All the teams that are members that pay the $10 million up front will share revenue of the esports scene as well. So whatever money that Riot makes off the broadcast rights, all that stuff will be given to the teams and, as well, half and, of that. And salaries are going to go up a lot. I think it said $75,000 for pros is going to be like the mm -hmm. baseline salary. And, and, then, and then on top of that, the teams can give more and there's, you know, there's going to be like you know, sponsorships and all that. So there's going to be a lot more coming to players. And I think this is essential. I've, I've kind of always um, written off esports for this reason, because it didn't have the structure that this kind of system has. Now, again, this is early days. We just announced it. Nobody's really paid yet. There's a few teams under you know um, negotiation. But esports, if it's ever going to be a thing, uh, needs to do this. Because here's a problem I always had as an esports viewer. You know, I played a, lot, a few competitive games. I followed some teams. And every year, the team names would just change. Like, I remember Dota, like, a, a team named Wings won uh, the, you know, international, the, the major annual tournament. And, like, I never heard of Wings before that. Like, so the problem is when, when, when you have to qualify, uh, the pro players just hop around. They keep changing the name of the team. And you, you, you can't follow a single team. There are a few exceptions, like Evil Geniuses, Team Liquid. They managed uh, over the years to kind of create a, a brand, right? But so mm -hmm. many teams, and also for League, you know, Team Solo TSM, Middle. CLG, yeah. yeah. But so many times, these no-name teams, win, they come and go. You know, every year there's new names, there's new, you know, teams. So you it's need this kind of structure. It's, yeah, it's it very really disorienting. Is. So if, if a team has to pay $10 million and they always have the name and, and the players got to come to them, I think it'd be easier for casual followers to follow the scene and, and kind of be invested. It's exceptionally bad how often they change teams. I actually hate it so much. Like literally every year the, 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 the player shuffle, the team shuffle, new teams, old team, teams die and go like like crazy. I think that's gonna, this will definitely fix that problem, you know, because it's going to be $10 million to enter for that team. And if, if you're in that league and you've spent $10 million, you know, you're going to have an incentive to always be in there because you already spent the $10 bucks. And what's I think worth mentioning too is I think even though $10 million is a lot of money, right? We're talking about $100 earlier being a lot of money. $10 million is a ginormous sum of money, but... You already did, TSM and Immortals, two teams in League of Legends, are already basically signing up for. They're already in. You know, they're already paying up the ten million bucks. They're already ready to go. I think people and the teams will have no problem raising that money and putting it in because how big League of Legends is. Yep. Whereas in comparison to Overwatch, apparently Overwatch is having trouble getting people to sign up for their uh, Overwatch League, where they're asking up to thirty million dollars for like certain uh, spots in the in the league. But with how big League is, I think ten million dollars they'll be able to swallow that no problem. A lot of these big teams, they make a tremendous amount of money. And it's actually only $5 million down, and the rest is deferred. I mean, you can pay that as you go for, like, the years on end. So it only costs $5 million up front to get in. And remember, permanent, you know, LCS membership, assuming League of Legends is still big, like, five years down the line, they're going to more than make their money back on that deal. The only way they lose on that deal is if somehow, I think, League gets dethroned in the next, like, year or two. But I think the teams that get in will be extremely valuable. Yeah, It's because they get permanent membership in there now. It's like the NBA teams; they keep going up in value. You know, you, you, if you ever bought an NBA team, you, you never lost money. Exactly. No matter who you are, you, you made so much money. You on create it. equity and scarcity. So the guys who pay ten million or whatever now, if they see the price of that team license going up every year, they feel more motivated to invest in that sport. And, and you know, whether it's you know new new facilities, new houses, new computers, whatever. So I do think this is gonna. If this works again, it's, it remains to be seen whether this is gonna work. LCS, it seems to me like every year they kind of change things up. So. <laughs> we'll see if this one sticks but if it does you know this is then then i have some hope for esports until now esports was a complete joke it's very niche it's very you know it's just red bull and like intel so you know sponsors right 
But uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's got some chance after this. Okay. Somebody dropped an excellent advice for us in the chat. The MOS.com law team is going to enter the LCS. Okay. We all, all, all everyone that watched MOS.com just has to collectively donate our sperm. All right. We donate enough sperm. We get the $10 million and we get the team in there. All right. We got it, boys. And they'll go up in value and then we'll all be rich. We've seen a lot of sperm. Good idea or great idea? Uh, well, I mean, if, uh, you know, we've already proven that MMORPG players have no problem spending $1,000 for uh, digital packages, right? So if we mm -hmm. can just sell 1000 Okay, so how many viewers do we have? we got about 100 right? right? If you each spent $10,000, which is still less than a uh, complete package in Star Citizen, okay, if you each spend $10,000, we could buy an MMOs.com League of Legends team for Stereo the LCS. Boys. And we could just troll. We could literally just pick random viewers and send them to the LCS and lose every year. But 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 they could never oh, take it away from hilarious. us. They could never take it away from us. Yeah. You can literally just troll every year. That'd be amazing. You just, just do the stupidest just shit every year. Five guys just run down mid and just keep feeding. It's like during the ban phase. Who will team MOS.com ban next? They're banning nobody? They're letting you run down the timer? Okay. We got the weirdest team cuffs. We could troll the shit out of the cast and everything. We gotta read that fine print. See if we can get in there. Yeah, yeah. They might, they might just like refund us and kick us out or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll gotta look into that. Let's do it, boys. The Kickstarter's going up. All right, I want ten thousand dollars from each of you. <laughs> Sponsor Pornhub. Nice. Yeah, could be cool. But I think this is. I think it's gonna work because this is the model that's worked in NFL, NBA, like all the real sports have done this. There's a reason they've been doing it, and I suspect there's a reason why Blizzard is also moving towards this model, and all of a sudden leagues as well. Because we're seeing all these, you know, real sports, other companies doing this. I think there's some merit to it, and I'm excited. You know, I I do watch league games on occasion. I bet on them on occasion, which is a lot of fun. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited for this. I, I think it'll be good for the players too. Uh, the base salary for pro players is going up, and I think. Like a lot of the pro players, like I, I don't want to feel bad for them, right? They're they're fucking amazing. They're, they're living the dream, right? But unless you're like Dyrus or Double Lift or these big big shots, you know, Sumail for Dota, unless you're like the top of the top and you have a massive following, right? Like I don't think a lot of them will make enough money to like retire on or live on, like at all. Like the biggest guys get a crazy amount of the the sponsorships and everything, but just a regular pro player isn't gonna you know make millions off this. And the fact that now he gets a guaranteed salary, you know, that's like higher, like 75 grand or higher. I think it's it's good for the scene that, you know, the little guys are going to you know, make out well on Speaking this. Speaking of the million dollars. So uh, here's a funny story for me. Uh, as a Dota player, I get to I get to brag a little here. League of Legends gets his first million dollar pro, Faker. So over his career, which is over 35 tournaments, Faker has finally racked up 1.047 million in uh, winnings. Okay. And if you read this article, these guys are really salty that they win so little uh, compared to Dota. See, Dota is smart enough to get their users to pay. No, Dota is kind of like Star Citizen and uh, Shadow of the Avatar and all that stuff, right? Instead of spending money on their prize pool for the tournament every year, they get the players who obviously have an infinite number of dollars, as these games have proven to us. They get the players to fund it, and every year the players fund it. So last year we got I gave eight, you a link. I'm looking right now. I got eighteen million dollars last year. Fifteen million. No, twenty fifteen million. was eighteen. No. TI, TI twenty sixteen was twenty point seven million. Yeah. And this year, um, so far it's already at thirteen million. And so far it's beating the, the previous years in the chart here. What's insane is that the winning team last year got nine point one three million dollars. That's about like that's almost two million dollars per person on the winning team for TI uh, 2016. That's international for Dota. 
Whereas Faker, which is you know indisputably the best League of Legends player, his team won I think three of the World Championships for League of Legends, and he wins all the tournaments in Korea. His team is top tier, and he's only won a million dollars in I guess in, in his pro career in terms of winnings. Yeah, he's made a lot more through sponsorships, definitely. But if you win one tournament in Dota last year, the biggest tournament Dude, you got, you don't have to yourself. win. You don't have yeah. to win. Like I just brought up a chart here of the top earners, right? Of of all esports, the first like twenty people are uh, Dota players, and then and then number twenty eight is Faker, uh, with League of Legends. So you could you if you get to the tournament in Dota, you could like lose the first round, and you probably end up making more money than Faker here. So this is <laughs> <laughs> so League of Legends, you know, Riot Games is really stingy. I don't know, it's pretty crazy. I think they're gonna they're gonna copy the model that Dota uses. There's absolutely no reason not to copy it. I've been saying this for a while. They 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 did something last year where player buy-ins contribute to the price pool. It was I think it was a test run, and they're gonna see it in a much bigger scale this year. And there's no reason not to copy it. It's genius, and it's because like, ninety million dollars of the price pool was contributed by players, and I think only twenty five percent of purchases get contributed to the price pool. That means they sold eighty million dollars for their virtual goods, and only twenty million went into the price pool. That means. Valve made like $60 million off the international just selling the compendium and other goodies over there, which is mega smart of them. So it's a win-win for the players and win for the company. And I guess, I don't know who the third win is, but it's, it's out there. Somebody won. I don't know if you mentioned this while I was being, uh, was, while I was being smug, but remember, Dota is like 10% the size of League, right? It's yeah, so much uh, smaller than League. And yet, you know, all the top earners are Dota players. So this is really a case of riot really dropping the ball in terms of competence no i i agree i mean i do want to emphasize that again for all the people that love dota dota is like 10 percent the size of league league gets over 100 million monthly active users and i think dota gets like what uh 20 million 10 million maybe yeah, less like look right now yeah it's much much less 12 million so it's dota is actually right around 12 percent the size of uh of league of legends league of legends is the biggest pc game in the world they did about 1.8 billion dollars in revenue last year and they're still growing so it's unbelievable how big League of Legends is. And it's almost embarrassing for the biggest, most successful PC game to get beaten out on the pro scene by uh, Dota 2. And it's they got to get their shit together. Indeed. I enjoy playing uh, you know, League of Legends more, but I love watching Dota. I think Dota is a way more entertaining game to watch on the pro scene. Way more crazy stuff. And I'm looking forward to the international this year so I can uh, make some bets. I'm a degenerate gambler of sorts, so I'm looking forward to making those bets. Mr. Fester, thank you for the bits. Uh, I got I got some good news to kind of wrap this up. Unless the, uh, mm -hmm. I got a big story. So we talk a lot about new MMORPGs here, but mm -hmm. the very first MMORPG, Habitat, okay, is actually being relaunched by um, the, a gaming museum, and you can play this. You can download it. It's a you need a Commodore sixty four emulator. Oh, I mean they bundle it together. So all, all you got to do is download the files on GitHub. And here's the thing, though. You need a joystick because the Commodore has a joystick. Uh, but so if you, you want to... rebind those keys? You, there are programs where you can use a virtual joystick, but you got to, like, set that up. I like the video for what Habitat is. I'm a little curious. It's actually this old 1985 uh, video for, like, a commercial for explaining what Habitat is. Yep. And actually, yeah, I've seen this video with my brother, and it looks, you know, it looks pretty charming. I think we should at least... We should do a fun stream of this maybe one day if we can. Yeah, we definitely, can. Uh, yeah, we definitely can. Yeah, uh, we definitely can. It was, I believe, it's about thirty-one years old. So I, I think few people out there would know just how old MMORPGs are. They're older than me, for sure. Mm -hmm. 
and when I say MMORPG, I really mean it. You know, this is a persistent world that you have to connect through with your modem. Um, you know, you progress. There's player housing. There's cosmetics. You you design different uh, outfits. There's like quests to do, and you can chat with people all over the world. And so this is uh this is like a full fledged um, MMORPG right here. I think it's actually the oldest MMORPG on our list right now. Yes, I, it I'm is. Trying to keep, I'm chronicling all the oldest MMORPGs uh, from the old arc I put up, and yeah, this is this predates Kingdom of Drakkar by three years, which I think is the next oldest MMORPG. <laughs> people saying it looks like shit guys this is you got to respect your elders all right you know your grandma probably looks like shit too but she's still your grandma you know you gotta whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> fair point fair point <laughs> i like what Kalisha said we all know that wow was the first mrpg ever clearly why was the first video game ever obviously all right guys <laughs> <laughs> roasted toasted burnt <laughs> There's actually quite a bit of MMORPGs older than Ultima Online. I think a lot of people view Ultima Online as one of the oldest. It is mm -hmm. one of the oldest, but there's a good like five, six, seven games older than Ultima. No, Zen Exile got his first computer in 1988. That was the year I was born, so uh, now I know that he's older than me, at least. <laughs> yeah, we got a few people older than us. We're usually the older group. I'm 27. You're you're about to you're about to you know level up. I am. Uh, actually. At, a, at exactly this time next week for the podcast, I will be 29. Because I am... Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be the 14th for me here in Turkey. All right, we, we, we got a birthday celebratory podcast uh, next week for you. Sounds good. I'll, I'll make a little birthday cake picture next to my name. Nice. Get the, get the birthday party hat on you too. All good right. Stuff. So there it is, guys. Uh, if you are interested at all in Habitat, do check it out. And here's a nice little public disclosure, public announcement. This game is uh, brought to you by, this preservation effort is brought to you by the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment, The Maid. So check out their website. They got a lot of cool look. If you live in Oakland, California or thereabouts, you can actually go visit them. Uh, I'm sure it looks like, it looks like a really cool... A museum to visit they got all these old video games like um joysticks old old consoles so if i mean if Very i lived cool. in california i'd definitely visit so if you guys live in that area uh take some pictures and you know post it on on discord I, i'd be curious what this place is all about it's very cool actually i kind of want to go there if we're, if, we're, if we're in the area we'll, we'll drop by definitely yeah I should put tweet a picture of this and actually let me show you another funny tweet before we uh before we wrap it this might be a after show thing but that, that tweet is of a third generation person playing uh, Lucasfilm's Habitat. Let Thank me you. see. Little kid playing. She's like, what the hell is this game? This game is garbage, is what she's thinking. Oh, that's so cute. That's 100% what, like... what she's thinking. She's like, what the hell is this garbage? <laughs> There's no way she's enjoying herself. Zero chance. I mean, no. If, if, if it's like one of her first games, she has no like baseline. So, you know? Maybe then. Yeah. I want to show one, one thing before we before we wrap it up. I thought it was pretty funny. It was on Twitter too. Uh, you know, one of the guys we follow is a game analyst, and he's you know he looks at this week on Xbox, June second, and look at the like ratios for this new video Xbox puts out. Right, pretty normal, right? A lot of people, bunch of people watched it, bunch of people liked it, right? Okay. And look at the next tweet that Xbox puts out. They also upload four other videos with those titles and below. Like, why is Xbox putting videos on? Blacks LGBT in gaming. gaming. Look at the dislike ratio. I was like, what is this? Why are they doing that? 
Okay, here's a better. Oh look, look. It's obviously kind of cheesy PR PC right stuff. But yeah. why you gotta go and like out of your way to download this like brigade? I agree. I wouldn't download it either. But like, it, it just seems. I don't know. All right, this is post talk right here. Okay, guys. Right, so talk, thanks for watching. Uh, check us out live if you want to hear the the you know PC shit talk next week. Uh, yep, that's it for uh, YouTube. Thanks for watching. Yep. Thanks for watching YouTube. As always, 4 p.m. on Tuesdays. Take it easy. Later, YouTube.